1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Barron's Live. My name is Leslie Hendrickson. I'm a reporter at Mansion Global, and today is our second episode of the two-day Mansion Global real estate series. With me is Christina Matheson Segura, Director of Operations at RCG Mortgages. She's also known in certain circles as the solar lady and educates real estate agents on solar technology at Leap Edu. Welcome, Christina, and happy Earth Day.
0: Thank you, Leslie. Happy Earth Day to you, too.
1: Thank you. Um, So let's get started. I first want to start with some of the very fundamental aspects of solar. Um, And so what are some of the first things to think about when a person is considering solar and what are some elements of the property that make it especially good or bad for solar panels?
0: Okay. so one of the first things that you're going to look at is your energy usage, your past year's energy usage when solar is originally specced out what they're going to look at is exactly how much power you use and try to offset as much of that utility electricity as possible with the solar panels that you are considering installing on your roof the thing there are several factors that come into play the first one is the direction that the house faces so what we look for is ideally a house that has a roof that faces south. If your house, your roof faces south, that's the best. If your roof faces east and west, that's good too. If your roof faces north, however, we don't traditionally use that side because there's not as much sun. So what it comes down to is solar panels are the vehicle that's going to make the power and the sun is the gas that makes the power. So I could give you the strongest, most powerful solar panels in the whole wide world. And if the sun doesn't hit them, they won't work. So we look at the orientation of the house, which direction it faces. We look at the pitch of your roof. So if you're going to use an east-west roof, if your roof is pitched like this, which is a little bit more steep, when the sun rises in the east, the the panels that are over here on the west are going to remain in the dark and therefore no sun, no power. And then the sun goes over to the West. And when the sun is shining on the panels on the West side, on the East side, there's no, there's no sun on them. So they're not going to make, they're not going to make, uh, energy. If the roof is pitched like this, you have much more sun throughout the course of the day. So all of this stuff is, is pretty scientifically calculated. And when you go to a solar contractor, solar installer, they will do a whole workup for you and give you an idea of what those panels can do. And how much of your electrical load they can offset,
1: right? And so, once you've determined a Mm -hmm. contractor, what's the process like then? And how long does it take for you to go from sort of that initial consultation to making power on your roof?
0: It depends where you live. Um, You know, there's a there's an intent. We're in New York. And I am on long Island. So we have something like 113 authorities having jurisdiction. So we have villages and towns and all of these little things, and you have to get a permit for solar. So depending on the company you work with and the authority having jurisdiction that you're in, the first thing of course, is to get approved for the financing. Just like when you buy a house, you want to get that pre-approval for a mortgage first. And when that happens, Um, You'll move forward with the the design concept. You'll make sure that it's exactly what you want. And then the solar company usually takes it from there and they get all of the design drawings, the engineering. Um, There's a lot of paperwork to it. And once your permit is approved, you can basically have the installation done. So is, is it not uncommon to be three to six months? You know, it can be, it depends on exactly where you live.
1: Gotcha. And once you have the panels installed, will you see immediate savings or how long will that take for you to for it to be reflected on your electricity bill?
0: You should see immediate savings um, because what's happening is when you install solar, the power that's made on your roof is then it's transferred to your main service panel. So we're not going to get into the technicalities of inverters but your house will use that solar power before it uses the grid or the utility power, so depending on the size of the system. If you use, let's not call it kilowatt hours, let's call it ounces. If, if your house needs 10 ounces a day to offset all of the electricity that you need to run all the systems in the house, and you can only make four ounces a day on the roof, you'll see an offset of that electric bill. If you can make all of that, that's very cool. The thing I think that's important to consider is that, you know, we always you'll always see me go like this with the sun. The sun is also in January. It's not very light out. Right. There's not that much sun. So the sun may rise at 7 a.m. It may it may set at five at this time of year. The sun is coming up earlier and and it's staying out later. So you're going to get much more power offset at this time of year than you would in December or January. So it, that's going to that's going to be calculated from from the solar company, and they'll they'll give you an annual offset.
1: Right. And so, how much does a solar system cost? I mean, I know it varies depending on the size of a house of a house and where it's located. But just taking as an example, a six thousand square foot house on Long Island, where you are located, how much? And about as much, much
0: as I it would love to tell you that, <laughs> I can't because two houses side by side that are exactly the same could have a completely different energy lifestyle. Um, So we can't necessarily say that. What we can say is that the average solar system on Long Island is something like 9,000 Watts. If you wanted a round number, I would pick $30,000 cost about $30,000 to go solar. Now, again, you could pick the, you know, the Hyundai, or you could pick the Jaguar that's all fine. What you need to have is the sun. So there's a lot of variables in that. Um, but there are a, a considerable amount of tax credits to offset that. And it sounds like a big number, but if somebody would have told you 10 years ago that you could pay dollar 29 a gallon for a tank, you know, for, for gas, for your car, and you would just prepay it for 20 years thinking back, would you have done that? everybody's got to say yes, right? Especially now. So it right. sounds like a big number, but if you added up all of the electric bills that you paid over the last 20 years, it would be considerably more than that probably.
1: That's a good point. And so you talked a little bit about some of the tax incentives that are available. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about those?
0: Sure. So first of all, I don't know where where all of your viewers are, but there is a website that I want to share. I'm not going to show it, but it's D-S-I-R-E, like desire without the E in the middle, USA, D-S-I-R-E, USA.org. And that has all of the tax incentives for every locality in the United States and probably beyond for energy efficient upgrades, for going solar, for everything. So rather than answer specific by state, um, you know, by city questions, that's a really great resource to look at. the federal tax credit right now is 26% of the cost of the solar system. Meaning that if you're, I didn't want to do math. So, so whoever's got a calculator, <laughs> if your solar system was $30,000, when you, now I am not an accountant. I am not a CPA. I don't play one on TV. I, I mean, that this is for guidance. It's not for advice. So I have to give the disclaimer. If you qualify, meaning that you have taxable income, usually if you are a W-2 employee and payroll taxes are taken out and how much you make, there's a whole lot that goes into it. And I wish I could give you more specifics. However, um, if everything is, is right, you will get a 26% federal tax credit at the, when you file your taxes. So this is 2022. When you file your taxes in April of 2023, if you went solar this year, those tax credits should apply unless your CPA says that they don't. The interesting part is that it used to be 30%. The federal, federal tax credit has gone down over the last few years. And at the end of this calendar year, 2022, the federal tax credit is scheduled to go down to 22%. So 4% of a, of a five digit number is still a lot of money. Um, it's still the greatest coupon ever like why would you you know if you're somebody that loves a sale this is this is one of those greatest things if you're somebody that just wants what they're supposed to get back from our government this is it like every light is flashing if you're looking for a sign here it is
1: (laughs) right Um, so um 26 percent of 30,000 is about $7,800, just to give people a, a notion not that they can't do their own math, but yeah, um, yeah. Also
0: in New York yeah. state where, where we are, there is a $5,000 state tax credit. Um, if you lived in the five boroughs of the city of New York, there is also a 20% property tax abatement, which is 20% of the whole cost of the system. And that property tax abatement is stretched over four years. So you would get, you know, increments of that, of that property tax abatement for four years to the tune of 5% of that per year. So while it seems like it's confusing, I'd rather be confused about the amount of money that I'm getting, as opposed to the amount of money that I'm paying. Like who, when does this happen to everybody that we're getting all of these tax credits? It's a kind of cool thing.
1: Right. So this is for folks who buy their solar panels, but you can also rent solar panels. Can you describe the difference between renting and buying and what you recommend in that circumstance? Certainly.
0: So oftentimes solar panels are leased or there's something called a power purchase agreement. When you lease your solar, you can still take the state tax credit and you can still where we are. If you're in the city, you can still take the city tax credit, the, the property tax abatement the difference between owning your solar and leasing your solar is it sounds complicated, but it's not. So when you own it, you own it and you can take a loan. You don't have to just come out you know, from under the mattress with the money. Or if a third party owns it, you're either leasing it or it's called a power purchase agreement. Very simply, if you own the solar, you pay for the equipment and all of the energy that it makes over its lifetime is yours for free. If you choose to have a third party own your solar with a lease or a power purchase agreement, you're going to pay X number of dollars a month with a lease. It's a flat amount every month. It usually goes up 2.9% per year. The agreements can be anywhere from 20 to 25 years with a power purchase agreement, which is similar. A third party owns that solar. You will pay X number of cents per kilowatt hour or per ounce of energy that's produced. It's not really an ounce, I just use that terminology. Depending on what you use, um, there's considerable savings in all of them. And when you ask what I would recommend for someone who has the tax appetite, so if you're that that person that we talked about a little bit earlier, that's a W-2 employee that pays, you know, unfortunately we pay all of these taxes that come out of our paycheck, if that is you, and your CPA says you have the tax appetite to offset that, what was it, seventy six hundred dollars?
1: Seventy eight. Right? guess
0: most of us when we look at our year-end documents to see how much money we've paid in in taxes. So seventy six hundred dollars may seem a lot, like a lot now, until at the end of the year you have that heart attack when you look at um, your, your W two statement. Um, it is far better to own those solar panels than it is to lease them. However, for people that don't have the tax appetite, they oftentimes find that leasing or a power purchase agreement is better for them because they, they don't need that federal money back and they don't have to take a loan per se. They're just making payments on that. So it's going to depend on two things. First is your tax appetite. And second, you know, is, is whether you can um, you have the credit to qualify for, for either or both.
1: Right. Gotcha. And so you mentioned you can take financing out for solar panels and you don't yes. have to pull it out from under your mattress. No, <laughs> no. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that works? Sure. sure. So the original,
0: you know, when I originally got onto the real estate side of solar, it started because I I, st- I began wondering about the financing and, and how it affects the the real estate transaction per se. Um, when you finance solar, there's usually let's let's go back. When a third party, when you either lease or get a purchase, power purchase agreement, oftentimes the solar company places what's called a UCC one filing on your property. It's a form of a lien. However, it is not a lien on real property. It will come up on title and handled properly and having knowledgeable real estate professionals from the real estate agent to the attorney, um, to the title company, which is very, very important is, is definitely a, a big thing to consider. So you can lease or you can have that power purchase agreement. It used to be that when you owned the solar and took a loan from a different solar company that you didn't have to deal with that UCC filing. Yet many companies now have financing that are going to have that component as a piece of it, something to look out for. If I was to explain easily how to finance solar, I would say that most solar is financed in two pieces because there is a considerable tax credit, federal and state. And if you have a local one, they don't really look at that, but mostly federal and state. If you were to take this cup, here's my cup, right? This is how much you're gonna pay for the solar, this whole cup, it's probably 12 ounces. The federal tax credit is this much and the rest of the loan is this much. So because you don't get the federal tax credit and the state credit today when you wanna pay for the solar, A bridge loan is given usually for the amount of 18 months, because in that period of 18 months, you will have installed your solar and filed for the tax credits. So first it's the bridge loan, then it's the term loan. This term loan is usually a period of about 15 years. Oftentimes there is no prepayment penalty and that's something to look at. So when you first get the financing for that 18 months, The the usual expectation is that when you get your tax credit, so it's that $7,600 plus the $5,000 New York State, where we are, uh, New York State tax credit. So that bridge loan would be for about $12,600. They don't pick a willy nilly number. They know exactly what it's gonna be. When you get those tax credits, you pay that loan off, it goes away, and you just have your your term loan, usually for 15 years, And in all of those term loans that I've seen, provided that a roof was not added into that payment, those payments are usually equal to or less than what the homeowner currently pays for their electric bill. So when you think about that, if I'm paying $150 a month now, and my solar is gonna be $146 a month, for anybody that's listening, and in all of the classes that I've taught, I usually say by a a show of hands, whose electric bill has gone down over the years and not a hand goes up. So it's very similar to locking in the rate that you're going to pay. For a 15 year loan, that's great. But solar panels usually last between under warranty for 25 years and some last for up to 40 years. So you're done paying at 15 years. The rest is free if you own the solar, which is one of the reasons you want to wanna own it whenever possible. Gotcha.
1: So what if you went to sell your house before you'd finished paying off that loan? What happens then? It depends on the loan. So if you
0: own the solar and there's no UCC filing, so it depends on the finance company that you worked with, um, that will add appraisable value to the property. If you had, if, if the loan was transferable, you could transfer it to the new buyer or many people satisfy that loan when they sell the house, they pay it off, and then the new homeowner pays nothing for the solar, which is kind of cool. If you have a lease or a power purchase agreement, which are forms of third party ownership, what will happen is that you will transfer. So they will, they will remove that UCC filing when you let the solar company know you're selling. Oftentimes those solar companies require the new buyer of the house to be approved by them. Um, every every document is different. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. But so they will remove the lien, it's not a lien on real property. It's a lien on the solar equipment. The new buyer will get into the house and then they will put the UCC1 filing under that new buyer. If for some reason um, all of those criteria are not met, you You don't want to not transfer the solar into your buyer's name. So if you, Leslie, were the homeowner and I, Christina, was going to buy your house, if we didn't transfer that solar from your name to mine, you'd still be legally responsible to pay for the solar on my new house. So we don't want that to happen ever. (laughs) Um, Could could the, the manners in which they've done these things be a little bit easier and less cumbersome? Yes, but it's up to us to educate the public and the real estate community on exactly how to do this. Um, Many, many, many people have solar now. And this is not some kind of oddity anymore.
1: So we're we're catching on. So from the other end, you know, what advice would you give to a buyer who's looking at a house with solar on it? What would you tell that person or that family?
0: You want to know who owns that solar. You want to know if the the seller owns the solar if it's owned if there's a balance due on any kind of financing you want to know if it's a lease or a power purchase agreement you want them to find that document that shows how exactly they acquired the solar and who purchased it
1: mm-hmm.
0: you want to know what the payments are especially in consideration of you know whether it's a lease or a power purchase agreement you want to know what those payments are and One of the little things that has come up over the course of time. And for all of the people that call on me to to diagnose for lack of a better term, what are they going to do when they transfer the ownership of the house? Is that if that seller, we talked a little while ago about that bridge loan and how let's say that bridge loan was $12,000. If the seller didn't want to pay it off, they wanted to keep that tax credit for themselves you wouldn't necessarily know by the last six months worth of payments that your payment was now going to go up. So you want to know all of the specifics. Did they, who owns the solar? Did they pay off any of the tax credits or keep them? What exactly is the loan balance? Um, you know, for, in the case of ownership, you want to know what are the warranty details? You want to have that warranty transferred over. And you really want to make sure that your real estate professionals, the team that you're working with, understand all of these pieces um, to make sure that that nothing falls into your lap that you don't want to. Ideally, a second generation solar homeowner should simply be enjoying the, the free or the considerably less expensive electricity
1: um, made by the sun. And that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, I also want, before we get to some of our audience questions, I wanted to ask, what are some of the common pitfalls that people get into when they're going solar?
0: The first thing that comes to mind is that you have to choose the proper installer. So oftentimes people are so concerned with the money and the technology that they they don't take into consideration that this is construction work that is done on your property So you want to make sure that you check out that installer better business bureau, uh, local, you know, whatever your entity is that, that is the consumer affairs protection organization. You can check with them to make sure that there are no real violations or complaints. You want to make sure that that contractor is insured. You want to make sure that, you know, they, you great contractors will give you people that they've worked with in the past and you can get those recommendations it's not necessarily the guy that comes and knocks at your door. Like, don't hurry into this, take your time, get three quotes. Um, The pitfalls can be that the, the buyer or the the lessor who's ever leasing the solar didn't really read all of the terms of the contract. So I have seen, if we step back for just one second, there is not really any compliance in the solar industry, meaning that, they don't have an industry wide set of rules and your contract has to have this and you have to perform these things within this period of time. And this is the value that you can give that there really isn't any of that. It, for a very long time, it was the wild west um, in many parts of the country. I guess it still is. But you want to make sure that you're reading everything that you're signing. I have seen many agreements from a variety of different companies that give a warranty of, um, you know, the the roof is warrantied on the day of installation and then the next day it's not warrantied anymore. Like you have to read that stuff. Um, Let's not just assume that everybody is out for our best interest, even though the guy at the door may be sweet and nice and young and handsome. We can't really, we can't really go with that. So really the contractor read the terms of the agreement and you want to make sure that if you can own, you do own, If you are one of those people that doesn't have the tax appetite for ownership, make sure still that the company that you're working with read it all. And don't be ashamed to say, I'm gonna have somebody else read this. Um, Take your time.
1: Great. So Anna um, asks, how is solar affected by inflation and the high interest rates in general? I think that solar,
0: by inflation is so much better because we're looking at what i can tell you is that gas prices so the gas that we put in our cars and the gas that we use to operate our homes and the oil that we use to operate our homes is significantly affected by inflation in terms of the finance rates that people are using you can shop around and find pretty good financing Um, so I think solar is affected like anything else with inflation, the costs of operating, the costs of the contractors. However, it's one of the few things that when when we're in times like this, that we have to consider because our electric bills are not going down. Um, and really the, the green of the earth and the green of the dollar are in agreement. So there were people that just went solar for the green of the earth and didn't care what it costed. And there were people that did it for the green of the dollar, so they're both in tandem. The green of the dollar still applies for solar. You're still winning, right?
1: Um, Neil asked, "Are tax cr- are the tax credits available for equipment that needs to be replaced, or is that sort of a one-time deal?"
0: Um, I believe it's a one-time deal, but Leslie, maybe you can share the. Um, maybe I can share it. The IRS. Um, tax credit section. And again, that's something I am not a CPA. Um, That's definitely something to ask your CPA. Let's see if I can share that. Um, I think, did it come up for you? So that is the IRS website and that is definitely a CPA question,
1: Um, but all the information is there also. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, and James has two questions. So for starters, does the $30,000 estimate include the storage units and the electrical box upgrade? And, um, what if you have a roof that will be need, need to be replaced within five years?
0: Those are great questions. Let's start with the roof. You should replace the roof if your roof is aging before you go solar. Um, It's a good question to ask your CPA, whether it is, it is my understanding. And again, I am not qualified to do this, but it is my understanding. And I have seen over the years that whatever roof, you have to replace um, to accommodate the solar installation may also be eligible for that 26% federal tax credit. So first you should replace the roof before you install the solar. If you go solar, The power does not need to be stored unless you want to have a battery. So that power that you're creating up on the roof is sent back to the grid through your main service panel. If you should need an electrical upgrade just because your electrician or the solar company says you need the electrical upgrade, that's something different. Um, But for most people, the storage is optional. You don't have to have that storage. Um, and the $30,000 number is a local, very broad number. And I cannot say that that number for your house isn't going to be $42,000. I can't say that that number, depending on how much energy you use, please don't use my number. That was an example.
1: Got it. Um, well, Christina, we're almost out of time, but I also wanted to ask about what happens when the panels do need to be replaced. You mentioned there usually... Good for 25 to 40 years, but when when it becomes outdated, what happens then?
0: So you can dispose of those solar panels. Many of the solar manufacturers manufacturers will take those panels back, and they recycle them like they recycle the glass of them. They recycle the frames of them. We certainly want cradle to grave. We want it to be a good thing. We don't want those solar panels to end up in a landfill. But the person that I would call at that point is your installer. God willing, they're still in business. You ask them, what are you going to do with these? And once you've had solar panels that works, you're going to want new solar panels anyway. So it may be you know, part of the conversation.
1: Right. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for being here. This was really you, informative. Everybody. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. Please join us back here on Monday when Barron's Senior Managing Editor Lauren R. Rublin and Deputy Editor Ben Levinson will discuss the outlook for financial markets, industry sectors, and individual stocks. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Christina, and I hope everyone has a lovely weekend.
0: The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.